Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about The Holdovers. came out last year, 2023, written or directed by Alexander Payne, written by David Hemmingson, starring Paul Giamatti, uh, Dominic Sessa and Divine Joy Randolph. In this movie, a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go. Overall, aside from hearing positive things about this film, I didn't really know what to expect going on, going into it. I am a fan of Paul Giamatti specifically Paul Giamatti when he works with Alexander Payne, uh, which the only other time was Sideways, but I love that movie as well. Uh, And I love this movie. This is in many ways a perfect holiday movie, especially for those who are alone on the holidays, whether it's you're alone because it's by choice or by circumstance. Uh, Regardless, a great movie for the holidays if you are that type of person. Or not, even if it's you're, you know, enjoying this movie with your family is still a good, uh, good watch. Uh, although it is a movie that can also be enjoyed at any time of the year, not even have to wait for the holidays. Which, for me, watch this movie after the holidays are over. It's January, trying to watch all of the movies that uh, I'm considering that might be my favorite of last year. Uh, and uh, or movies that may get nominations. So I'm kind of trying to hit all the well-received, well-regarded films that I have yet to see, this being one of them. And it was a great watch, regardless of uh, it not watching it during the holiday season. Uh, this is a movie all about the, the quote, the, the idea, the saying, be kind, we never know what people are going through. Uh, is very much a part of what this movie is. You never know what somebody's going through, so just try and be nice to people. It's very much the the main thesis of this movie, I would say. Uh, no idea. I tried to look and see where that quote comes from. Was unable to do so, uh, but I've heard it many times. And is uh, in this movie, uh, Divine Joy Mary says that quote, you never know what people are going through. Uh, everyone has assumptions based on their own past life experiences and traumas, but rarely are those assumptions right. Uh, this movie explores those ideas and themes uh, in this movie about finding understanding between people who, you know, have assumptions about each other. Uh, and it's a movie I enjoyed so much that it inspired me to watch all of Alexander Payne's films. Uh, which I will be ranking on my show Sunday Top 5, uh, which you can check out every Sunday, new episode of Top 5, where I rank movies in a variety of categories. So this Sunday, 
I'm going to be talking about Alexander Payne, which I am a fan of his movies after having seen all of them. Uh, it is so rare that he does a movie that I don't like. Um, and this one is uh, one of his better ones as well. In, in, in a group of movies that are all good for the most part, uh, this one stands above a lot of them. So uh, we'll see where that ranks on Sunday's episode. Let's pause for a minute here. To all the art enthusiasts and lovers of unique creative expression listening in, I have a real treat for you. The Many Faces is a series that you simply cannot miss. These are not just any paintings. They're a journey into a world of abstract and surreal art, each piece meticulously crafted with ink on paper, showcasing a face with its own unique story. This series is a labor of love with new, breathtaking pieces unveiled every single day, starting at just $20 for a 4x6 painting. These artworks offer you the chance to own something truly special, with larger sizes available for those who want to make a bolder statement. Picture an original, emotion-rich artwork from the many faces adorning your favorite room. Intrigued? Visit InspiredDisorder.com and choose a piece that speaks to you. It's more than art. It's a piece of a larger narrative waiting to be shared. Now let's jump back into the excitement of our show. This movie's set in 1970s and has a very 1970s aesthetic to it. The film of it, the look of this movie. Uh, even so much as like the rated R rating screen that shows up at the beginning of this film looks very much like something you'd see on a 70s film. You've got uh, the pops and hisses of a low-quality audio that's from an old 70s print. You have kind of the scratches on the screen and things, the imperfections on the screen, um, the you know the the bumpers for the studios and the producers, all this stuff. Very much a 70s aesthetic, which I appreciate. Uh, you have the film grain, audio pops, and everything. Um, and even the way it's shot, like so many of the shots in this movie are what you would see in a 70s movie. Uh, from music that plays while the kid is ice skating in one scene, uh, you have these shots that are super wide shots of them just walking down the street, uh, which so many of these shots, it feels like it was filmed in the 70s. But of course, once the movie gets started, and the performances, I think it's definitely more of a modern kind of uh, style of performance. But uh, I love the fact that the aesthetic of the film matches the setting of the film. Including like when th there's a scene where they go bowling and their bowling balls they're using are so tiny. I think they may not have been bowling balls. It may have been another sport that is exactly like bowling but uses smaller balls uh regardless it was kind of weird and interesting i i love time traveling in that way through movies uh and it's a movie where f people of course are finding understanding within each other uh the backstories and the nuances of life you never know where someone has come from or what they've been through um very simple ideas and used to great effect in this film like And having this story set during the holiday season only amplifies all of those feelings and all of those, those aspects about getting to know people, especially when you're kind of cooped up with uh, only a few people. 
that you never would have spent time with before. Um, and having to spend time and understand each other and learn about each other. Uh, and it's a time of year when those who are uh, kind of uh, separated from your, your loved ones uh, or family and uh, you're separated from the people that the people that do have their family and that do have their loved ones and the people that don't. Uh, the loners of the holiday season. Uh, it's definitely a movie about the loners of the holiday season, which I appreciate. Uh, and the reasons why one might be alone at that time of year can be very different from person to person. Uh, and the actions those people take may seem out of anger, but can be understood when you get to know how they got to where they are, how their past informs their their actions. Like, not everybody... Uh, in a private boarding school comes from money there are other uh, you know interesting ways people novel ways people get into that situation um, and they're not all from just coming from money and not every teacher is willing to sacrifice their morals uh, in a situation um, but will sacrifice their ethics in in moments as well uh, and it's a movie about finding connection and understanding with people uh, that live different lives than you, that are at different stages in their life, that are kind of dealing with different aspects of life, different heartbreak in life. And it, ultimately, this movie is very heartwarming. I love the characters in this movie. It's a very simple movie, but uh, it's sometimes the, the simplest movies have the greatest impact. Uh, and I love this movie for sure. Time for a quick pause from our episode today. Listeners, let's envision a unique addition to your world of art. Picture an artwork that's not just a feast for the eyes, but a rare gem in itself. Enter the realm of the many faces, available now as exquisite limited edition prints. These artworks aren't just visually appealing. They capture a blend of abstract and surreal art each telling its own silent yet profound story. What sets these prints apart? I personally hand sign and number each one, ensuring that you hold a piece of exclusive artistry. And here's the great news. Luxury doesn't have to be unattainable. With prices starting at just $5 for a 4x6 print, it's art made accessible for every budget and every wall. So, art lovers, collectors, and everyone in between, seize this opportunity. Add a touch of sophistication and uniqueness to your space. Visit InspiredDisorder.com now to claim your piece of this limited edition series. Now, back to more of what you love in our show. But I do want to get into spoilers, so if you have not seen the holdovers yet, it is streaming I mean, it's available on video on demand, but it's streaming, I believe, on Peacock. One of those streaming networks has it. So it is available, uh, and I'd highly recommend checking it out. Even though it is past it is past the holiday season, it's still a great movie. Uh, but I do want to talk about spoilers, talk about specifics, so if you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning. Go check out the movie and come back, or just stay around and uh, be warned. Uh, Paul Giamatti, great curmudgeon teacher with very strong morals. 
definitely. Very strong morals. He won't pass. He refuses. It starts with him getting chewed out because he won't pass uh, this kid just because his family is wealthy and donates a bunch of money to his school. Right. This is a teacher that has very high expectations for his students, is not willing to let them get away with anything, but also assumes that all of the students come from wealth, come from money, and that they are all spoiled. And that's what is is causing them to be uh, less uh, productive in school. Then you also have this asshole kid who ends up being left at school. Right. So his mom can spend the holidays with her new husband. Um, and he's kind of uh, he, very much a Napoleon Dynamite kind of poutiness to him. He's very like a great kid performance. So many child performances these days. One, most of them are written to sound like adults. Like it's amazing and sad how often kids roles in movies are basically they sound like they're grown adults talking, which is like there's not that many precocious kids out there. And even the ones that are, they're not. It just they it doesn't they don't feel like kids. So often kids in movies don't feel like kids, usually younger kids. But even at this age where he's like, you know, a high school kid definitely has that pouty Napoleon Dynamite kind of uh, affectation to his performance, which I, I loved, you know, I love seeing it. It's authentic. Uh, and the kids, you have this, so it's like, it starts off, you have Christmas vacations coming up. The asshole kid is like talking up about how he's excited to leave and talking down to like other people that are going to have to stay and how they're losers. And then turns out that he is going to be one of the losers who has to stay. Um, but then even what, makes more injury uh kicking him while he's down already is that one of the rich kids that stays uh his parents end up caving like they didn't want him to come home for christmas because he's got long hair they're like you're not allowed home for christmas unless you cut your hair and he just refuses to cut his hair the parents cave they show up in a helicopter and they end up taking all of the kids who were left for the holdover uh, aside from the one, because they couldn't get a hold of this one kid's parents because they're out and they don't really care about him, right? So what seems like it's going to be this ensemble movie where you're like, oh, we're going to get to see all of these kids are going to be involved. All They immediately leave and we're left with the one kid, Paul Giamatti's character, Mary, who is the, the school cook, and then you have one janitor. Or the, the four people, although the janitor is hardly ever there. It's mainly the three characters who are there at the school, kind of caretaking for the school, but also having to be there because this kid is there and they, they're responsible for him. So it's interesting. And, you know, it's uh, at first, before the kids leave, Paul Giamatti's character is like, oh, we're just going to keep doing school stuff. Like, we're going to have classes every day we're gonna have you're, you're like he's trying to sell it that like you're gonna get ahead the next year which of course or next semester which of course nobody cares about like it, they want a vacation and of course they all get a vacation except for uh the one kid angus that has to stay behind um and before they leave you get to see or you know even after they leave 
one of the great aspects of this is the bonding between Paul and Mary, the two adults who are left there who never really get a chance to to talk to each other. You know, them bonding over alcohol. She's got the alcohol ready to go. And she's coming from, you know, a loss in her life. Uh, so, you know, we slowly get to see the backgrounds of these different characters. Um, but she's also there kind of keeping him balanced, right? And also there, not only keeping him balanced, but also encouraging him to be more open to getting to know these this kid and just allowing it to be a vacation and not more school and we find out that she lost her son to military service and um and his he left he was a student but of course they don't have money so like he went signed up for the military in hopes that he would use the gi bill to to go to college which of course never happened um and her son hated paul as a teacher as well like paul's really being confronted with how little people actually like him uh in this moment as well uh and you have the themes of this movie the themes of privilege uh never knowing what another person has gone through and just the different assumptions you would have which i would definitely have i would definitely be the giamatti character if i had gone to that school and serve you know done well and went back to that school in order hopefully to make a change which is his intentions and then to see all these rich kids just kind of throw away this opportunity i would be just as hard on on them i think and i would assume the worst in all of them as well uh there's a great cat and mouse chase between angus and paul that uh becomes a get kind of becomes a bit playful for agnes at one point like oh finally i'm having some fun but then ultimately ends up with him throwing his shoulder out uh kind of throwing a tantrum and then uh doing a flip in the gym and throwing his getting his shoulder dislocated um which I thought was kind of a funny, <laughs> it's kind of a funny moment. And then seeing the transition to Paul on the drive to the hospital, just expecting to be fired, right? It's like, I, I, my one job was to make sure these kids, nothing happened to these kids. And this kid gets, and he's, Paul's already being punished for not passing one of the rich kids. And that's why he's there. So now this is like just another thing that he was unable to do. So he's just expecting to be fired as they drive to the hospital while Angus is crying, uh, you know, in the seat next to him. But then ends with Angus completely conning the nurse into letting them pay cash in order to avoid insurance and in, just in order to keep it on the down low so he doesn't get in trouble. Like He comes up with this whole story about, you know, it's his dad and he doesn't get to see his son much. And it's like. It's one bad luck after another, and this is just, it wasn't his fault, and now he's never going to see his dad again. Like, comes up with this whole story to allow the nurse to, like, let them in without having to give information and just kind of do the whole thing under the table. And it probably helps that his injury was just a dislocated shoulder and not, like, a break, where it's, like, much more difficult to cover up having to get a cast and 
all of these things versus just getting your shoulder popped back into place. Um, but it shows that Angus has kind of street smarts, that he's able to think on his feet, and that he's you know creative in coming up with this this side story to kind of get what they want. And then there's the dinner where you have Paul clearly has kind of they go to this diner afterwards and Paul clearly runs into another teacher has chemistry for this other teacher that's working picking up shifts on the holidays as a waitress um and then you, but you also find like in this movie we're constantly finding the reality to the assumptions that people have and one of the things one of the characteristics of Paul is that he smells like fish and we find out why he smells like fish, that he has like this, you know, kind of condition where towards the end of the day it it gets stronger and stronger. And uh, Angus thinks that that's why he's afraid of women. He's like, I'm not afraid of women. So it's like you're slowly starting to see these assumptions that people have for each other getting eroding and falling away and the truth behind who they are and what they're like and why they do the things they do uh, has an explanation. There's a justification for it. Um, and then he goes to the Christmas party. This waitress invites them to go to a Christmas party. Of course, Angus wants to get out. He's stuffed up. Mary wants to go. She's invited as well. They convince Paul to go. And you see Paul spraying Glade under his armpits, right? This air freshener to try and mask his fishy smell. Uh, Angus gets to hang out with the niece in the basement with all the other kids who are just making arts and crafts while the parents upstairs are having their Christmas party, uh, which is kind of a fun thing. And then he sees how much she's, we, we see, they see how much Mary is still in mourning, uh, from her son's death, uh, as she is like kind of made herself the de facto DJ for the night playing music and just kind of knowing that pain. Uh, it makes sense when she snaps at one of the guys who's complaining is like, you're going to keep playing this same kind of Christmas music. Can you change things up? And of course she snaps back at him, but we know she snaps back at him because the assumptions we have, Right. If we didn't know her backstory and we didn't know she's struggling because her son's dead and this is Christmas, her probably first Christmas without her son. And this guy is like coming in with this negative attitude. She's like has no patience for it. Right. And we also see in her face. As her thoughts go from like happy thoughts to sad and like angry thoughts. And, you know, hearing the the memories of her son and the music bringing her happy thoughts and then the inevitable realization that he's no longer there and seeing her sad and angry, demanding that the janitor go get her a drink. We also see that the janitor clearly has a thing for her, got her a gift. Um, and then leads to Mary having a breakdown in the kitchen. Right. Which also puts Paul in his place when he talks shit to Angus. Like even though like sh even though she's going through her stuff, she's still 
on the ball when it comes to making sure Paul isn't being an asshole to Angus, which I, I appreciate the kind of the structural integrity of these three people. It really, it, you know, she's not there just to teach Paul how to be a good person to Angus. She's also dealing with her shit. And then you have Paul opening up to Lydia only to find out she's with somebody. She has a boyfriend. Uh, but we learn that Paul's history, being an only child, on his own since he was 15, ended up getting a scholarship to the school where he now teaches at, and him wanting to make a difference, right? He's somebody who's self-made, been on his own since 15, got into this prestigious school that only rich kids get into, and he wants to change things. He wants to be the influence on the new generation, right? He's not privileged. It's probably why he hates all the privileged kids. I would too. Like you, somebody who actually comes from nothing, being surrounded by people who are given everything. It's just, it's a, it, it, you can't not have those assumptions. Um, and then you also learn that Agnes wasn't a rich kid either, either but that his mom married some rich guy when his dad went crazy, had a mental breakdown. So they sent his dad to a mental health place and his mom is off with this, her new husband. So we see that Agnes, 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 Agnes. Yeah. Angus. So you, so you see Angus isn't one of these privileged kids either. And not only is he not privileged, but like his mom just completely ditched him. Like he, he's been just, excommunicated not excommunicated but you know he's thrown aside while his mom is only focused on her enjoyment couldn't care less about her son in this moment which i relate to that as well then you have christmas and you have paul you know realizing the reality of of angus's situation mary's like you need to make sure you give this kid a good christmas because he's never had a good Christmas and now he's been abandoned by his own mom, you know, and they are all this kid has. So it's like, you need to make an effort. And Paul goes, gets a Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. One of the only times it makes sense for people to be decorating a Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. He goes to the tree lot, gets one of the only trees left. He is so proud of himself to see the joy of accomplishment on Paul's face when he brings home this crooked Christmas tree. It's pretty great. Uh, but then ends up leading to a, a field trip, right? Angus wants to actually have a real Christmas. And he's like, let's go to Boston. I want to do all these Christmas things that I've never done before. So they end up going to Boston, right, to give Angus this real Christmas experience. They all go, all three of them go. Uh this outdoor bookstore moment was pretty fun, right? Uh, where, you know, prostitute comes up and the kid's like, yeah, you can go, go. Why don't you go do it? Of course, the kid wants to get away as well. Um, but this is like when they're on their field trip. This is where the kid is helping Paul become a better person, right? This is where Paul is learning from the kid how to, like, just enjoy life for a little bit. Um 
Although, in when he f- runs into a former classmate, he completely lies about where he's teaching. Uh, when he runs into this co- college classmate, um, who's you know now teaching at a co- Ivy League college, his friend, uh, but of course he is not. Right, and the 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 guy mentions that like, oh, it's good to see you landed on your feet. So it's like we find out that maybe there's more to why Paul is teaching at this school, but we also see that Paul is willing to lie, and we get another moment where Ang- Angus is uh, helping him kind of formulate this lie and making it believable, coming up with. Uh, the book that he's writing and then the you know just really helping him flesh it out make it believable and then you know you come to find out more of why paul hates privileged people kids it's not just the fact that he was able to you know do the thing that all the rich people say is is pretty easy to do if you just decide to do it pick yourself up by your bootstraps but he went to harvard and was accused of plagiarism by the student who was actually doing the plagiarism. And, of course, the kid who was actually doing the plagiarism, his family donated heavily to the school. So, uh, And his family had allies on the board. So, of course, Paul ends up getting kicked out, uh, not for being found guilty of plagiarism but for punching the kid out who was uh the one accusing him um that was got him kicked out of school so that's why his friend was like happy to see that he quote-unquote landed on his feet and there's also a scene where they both realize or at least where he realizes that uh they both take the same depression medication they're both depressed so it's like they find out that they have so much more in common than they expected and they go bowling they go to a movie and every time paul is in a situation uh he can't help but give a history lesson right he's a history teacher in every even when they're at the bowling alley he's got to give like hey this is this is some interesting history stuff that relates guys which I think is funny, which is something that is it's like a character trait in other Alexander Payne movies as well. Then we get the truth about Angus's dad, which before we were told that he died, but now we realize that he isn't dead, um, but he is in a mental institution as he tries to ditch Paul in the city. Um, and they go see... Paul decides, like, okay, let's go see your dad. We'll go together. And you found out that he had a mental break four years ago. So his mom ran away with this new rich guy. And his dad is gone in a mental hospital. Uh, Which is, you know, touching and sad and just makes, you know, these characters so much more. Makes you love these characters so much more. Um and then after the whole thing, you have the all the kids coming back, which is crazy to go from these people having the entire school to themselves. And now all of a sudden, everything is back. The life of this building is back uh, as kids are back in school. And you have Paul covering for Angus, trying to keep him from military school because of 
this field trip that they went to. He gave his dad a snow globe, and the snow globe he couldn't have, but proves that Angus went there and proves that Paul facilitated him going there, which he wasn't supposed to do. So in order to save Angus from going to military school, Paul once again stands up to the authorities and uh, takes the blame for it, which he ends up obviously getting fired, which I thought for a moment that they both, like he got fired and uh, Angus got let go, got suspended regardless, but he didn't. He stayed. Um, But on his way out, he goes back to insult the head of the school uh, who used to actually be his student uh, back in the day. So it's a student that hates him and wanted to get revenge on this teacher that he didn't like. Um, but his insult was pretty sad. For for somebody who's so eloquent with his words, uh, saying that he hopes he gets penis cancer is, is a sad insult uh, to have. But it is what it is. I was definitely expecting a bit more... A bit more of an, like, would have loved this guy who goes around spouting history lessons everywhere he goes. Would have been nice to hear an eloquent shit talk from him. Would have loved it instead of penis cancer. Some eloquent, like, tear down of this kid would have been perfect. But the only only aspect of this movie that I felt was uh, a misstep. Uh, but before Paul leaves, Mary gives him a notebook because he said he was going to write a book, but not a novel. He don't think he has enough in him to do a novel. And she has this great line. It's like, oh, you're so sad. You can't even, you don't even have like full dream. Even your dreams aren't full dreams. So she gives him a book to hopefully encourage him to fill the book with his story. Right. And then cut to the kids outside spreading rumors about why they think Paul has been let go, uh, that he was eating turds as the imagination of kids will never cease. But, uh, you know, good to see that Angus has the second opportunity to stay in this school, which he needs because his parents don't give a shit about it. And, of course, military school would not be good either. Could end up the same way Mary, Mary's son killed so good to see Angus's future. Good to see Paul kind of being forced to start this new life. Forced to follow his dream of writing a book. A full book. While also having more perspective on the people that he spent time with over that holiday season. Just a great movie about how assumptions we make about people and how often those assumptions are wrong, how once you get to know a person, you you know, you you will start to just see how the events of their past have shaped them into the person they are today. Also what can happen when you stand up for what is right in a system that is rigged for those who have money in some ways, standing up to the injustice that can serve as a, a great time to transition into new beginnings 
which I have personal, you know, relation to the, that, you know, leaving a place that is highly corrupt and makes you feel like shit and forcing yourself in leaving that job or yeah, that job, uh, forcing you to do the thing that you've always wanted to do. Like very kind of similar, uh, path that happened to me, uh, just different circumstances. Uh, but hopefully Paul is finally able to dream full dreams now that he is no longer there, that he has this freedom. You know, he has the opportunity to pour himself into his writing and just, you know, no longer having to ignore what is right and wrong. You know, not no longer having to work in a system that he's never going to change. There's always going to be rich kids that are going to be able to pass and get whatever grades their parents want them to have because that's what they donate to the school for. I love it. I love this movie. So much fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Ray Taylor Show. And I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on The Holdovers. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder where all these episodes are available in video format. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.